Thanks for tuning in to Mysteries of the Mind, a podcast revealing the way our unconscious minds shape our lives. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Bader. After a mass shooting, it, it always seems that Republicans uh, and the NRA, they really care about our mental health. You know, the real problem, they say, is that shooters uh, of this sort are crazy. And in case you thought that gun control legislation was the answer to the increasing incidence of gun violence in our country, or worse, in case you thought that challenging white supremacy was important, well, conservatives remind us that it's really about crazy people doing crazy things. Speaking about Patrick Crucius, the El Paso Walmart shooter, Donald Trump said, Quote, mental illness and hatred pulled the trigger, not a gun. And avid gun rights, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said, quote, I can tell you that perhaps the most profound and agreed upon issue that came out of legislative hearings on school shootings was the need for the state and for society to do a better job of dealing with challenging mental health based issues. We need to do a better job, so say these folks. This position, which is part of the kabuki dance that follows every mass shooting, predictably argues that gun control won't stop mentally deranged individuals and that unless we talk about mental illness, we'll never get to the bottom of the problem. You know, this is rightfully, I think, seen by liberals uh, as primarily a distraction. You know, changing the subject away from gun control and more recently, away from white supremacy, by professing concern for the mentally ill. But see, I'm going to argue that the right's call for more skillful psychiatric detection and care is also morally and intellectually corrupt for other reasons than are usually discussed. As a psychotherapist, I've been studying and treating mental illness for a living for 40 years, and I can tell you that, at best, these um, newly minted mental health advocates on the right don't know what the hell they're talking about, and at worst, they're dishonest hypocrites. Look at it this way. If they're really serious about changing you know, the national conversation from gun control to mental illness, if they're genuinely concerned about finding and treating people with severe psychiatric illness, well then, here are some things. I'm going to list seven things that conservatives would have to then change or would have to then support. First, prenatal care. Prenatal and perinatal insults and traumas can cause brain damage that later dispose its victims to violence. Conservatives then should be advocating for improved health coverage, for prenatal screenings, for extensive maternity care, and for a massive public education campaign focused on prenatal and perinatal health. Number two, early dysfunctions in parenting. Early problems in attachment that result from neglect, abuse, stress, and even from a simple but deep lack of understanding of child psychology regularly produce depression, anxiety, aggression, and maladaptive behavior later on. 
But, you know, these disruptions may well be reparable. For example, in the 70s and 80s, the University of California and San Francisco General Hospital pioneered a program in which young at-risk mothers with newborns were treated with a psychoeducational and supportive approach by trained mental health experts who helped these mothers better understand and bond with their infants. These mental health professionals often went out to people's homes. The results were hugely positive in terms of insulating these children against later negative mental health outcomes. So, if they're serious, conservatives should be advocating for a massive public investment in these programs, and they should uh, make them available to all new mothers. Number three, Head Start. Early education programs have been repeatedly demonstrated to contribute to greatly improved psychological and educational and social adaptation later in life. Therefore, instead of cutting these programs, we should see conservatives advocating for exponentially increased funding for Head Start and Kindred uh, early intervention programs. Number four, special education programs. Well, children with obvious and soft cognitive, emotional, and physical disabilities should get special care. But this care is actually extremely difficult to find. Many of these so-called crazy shooters were obviously disturbed as children, disturbances that were not noted or treated. The NRA and Republicans then should be massively should be demanding massive increases in funding and training for special education programs and for experts. Number five, smaller class sizes and better teacher education. If class sizes were radically reduced, not only would children learn more, but teachers could observe and help uh, students who are clearly having difficulties not only in their learning, but in their social adaptation. And if teachers then had a wide menu of options available to them in terms of uh, follow-up assessment and treatment, these first responders could greatly improve early detection. But see, all of this would depend on education reform, in, increase funding to allow smaller class sizes, better teacher training, and an increased emphasis on social and psychological functioning in addition to the three R's. So conservatives and the Betsy DeVos-led Department of Education, therefore, should be leading the way towards securing the funding necessary for smaller class sizes and for better teacher training. It follows, right? Number six, psychiatric care. Children seen uh, to be troubled should be offered highly skilled intensive outpatient psychotherapy, affording them the chance to develop a relationship with a psychological provider who could then follow them over time and who could act as liaisons between the school and families. Medications might also be helpful, but you see such early intensive psychiatric care is expensive and scarce and usually not covered by insurance. So to be taken seriously, you see, conservatives should be agitating for dramatic increases in funding for training mental health professionals 
and for underwriting massive increases in spending for mental health outpatient care. And finally, number seven, group treatment programs. See, by the time these withdrawn and troubled children hit high school, their psychiatric symptoms have usually become more pronounced. They then need to be in a caring and well-run group home or halfway house or hospital. But these programs are scarce and expensive and, again, not covered by insurance. Pro-gun advocates should therefore be advocating for a huge investment in group treatment programs. See, were conservatives serious about their emphasis on the mental illness of shooters, the above points are just a few things that could be done to greatly improve our chances of identifying potentially dangerous and mentally ill individuals early on and of treating them before they go past the point of no return. The cost? Well, obviously it's high. And I'd wager that Trump and the pro-gun lobby would look at this cost and say, in effect, well, okay, never mind. The conversation they want to have about mental health and illness would suddenly fade away because these newfound advocates for improved mental health services are really all about cutting social services, not expanding them. And that's why, after a mass shooting, we shouldn't take seriously anything that Trump, the NRA, or their Republican enablers say about mental health. Thanks for listening to Mysteries of the Mind podcast. To learn more about how your unconscious mind really works, please tune in next time. And be sure to visit Dr. Bader's website at michaelbader.com.